Beer It Is is a CSPN Media podcast production. Please visit our website at cspn.us for more episodes of Beer It Is and for ways to keep our podcast free for you. Everybody, once again, my name is Tobias Woolborn. The name of our key is Beer. It is on the CSPN Network. Shout out to everyone who allows us to do this show for you guys each and every week for absolutely free. Especially our good friends at Wink. That is a wine delivery service. Shop with those guys. Use our code. My man, Classic, will tell you about that later. And you get a twenty percent discount on your first order, which is really big. But today. I take some of that money that we get from that, and I am in New Smyrna Beach, right near Daytona, literally on the beach. I can smell the ocean, the seawater, the sea salt coming in, but more importantly, I smell this fine beer at New Smyrna Brewery. My man, Chris Coyle, is a head brewer, owner, proprietor of this fine establishment. Chris, how are you? I'm doing very well. Good. And, and by the way, guys, if you hear this background noise, the tap, the tap room is flowing. It is right after Christmas, so hopefully you guys had a great Christmas season or are getting ready for an exciting new year, but you can hear the brewing going. So he's brewing a beer called Shark Attack. Tell us about that beer. So it's our flagship beer. It's our IPA. Um, New Smyrna Beach is the shark bite capital of the world, so it's oh, fitting wow. that we have a nice hoppy bitter beer that that's uh, called Shark Attack IPA. So even if you're uh, not wanting to go swimming in the ocean, you can come to the tap room and get a shark attack. Nice, man. So let's, let's go back. Yeah. How did you get into brewing? So I was an obsessed home brewer, uh, like many of us out there. Uh, this is going back probably like eight or nine years ago. My wife and I loved traveling, and everywhere we went, we went to the local microbrewery. You know, nice. we do a day of mountain biking, snowboarding, whatever it was out west. We always found the the local microbrewery and had a beer after the day's activities, and that kind of spawned into my uh, desire to get into brewing, the curiosity nice. of, of brewing. So, so what what did you first brew on? I actually went to the homebrew shop and said, I want to make beer. Well, where are you living, by the way? I'm New Smyrna. Oh, you're yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. so, affordable. You're local. Yep. I've been here for 17 years. Oh, wow. Where are yep. you from originally? I was born in Vegas and oh. been bouncing around since then. We'll, we'll get into that a little bit later, <laughs> yeah. too, right? There's a couple of really good brewers out that way yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah, definitely. So, went to the local homebrew shop, told the guy I wanted to make beer. He sold me this uh, box with molasses, hops, and you know, dry packet of yeast and oh, wow. some five-gallon buckets. And I went home. Read over the thing and started, you know, all use boil water, dump the molasses, and add the hops. I was like, wait, this isn't what I want to do. This isn't what I see. So, yeah, so you've you got an extract. Yeah, yeah you want so all green? Yeah, yeah. I did one batch of extract, and I didn't realize what I was getting into. I was like, this isn't the process that I wanted that I see at the breweries. So, uh, did my research this time a little bit better, read some books, um, did a lot of research on the internet, and started making my own equipment. So, I did one nice. batch of extract. And Oops. as we can see, I mean, hey man, it's a brewery, guys. I mean, <laughs> cap fell off, vibration from the motor. But yeah, so, yeah, built a lot of my own equipment and then just started brewing. I was brewing maybe once or twice a month, you know, and then I really got obsessed. Now, how, now how big was the home system, man? Like, five gallons. Okay, so tell yeah. me about it, man. What'd you build, man? So, tell I had about, a yeah. picnic cooler. I did the rectangle picnic cooler. And nice. The igloo. Old school. Uh, yep, made my own false bottom. Got some March Nano pumps. I did the gravity thing two or three times. Uh, and then I wanted to get a little bit more tech, so I got some little March Nano pumps and really wired it up. 
Uh, did the direct gas, you know, direct fire system yeah. there um, for heating my water and whatnot, and just basically brewed out on the back porch. Um, wow. And had some beers, you know. So five gallons at a time. I basically had a kegerator as my fermentation chamber nice. with, you know, temperature control on that, so I just lowered the five-gallon buckets in there. It was pretty slick because, you know, I could then cold crash. So. Now, now, what year was this? So this is going back. This is uh, probably around 2008 or nine. Wow, wow. Somewhere. Okay. There, All right. Yeah. So 2008, you, you yep. build the system. Yep. Because some guys go turkey fryer. There's so many different yep. ways yep. to build it, but you went your way. Uh-huh. When did you realize you had something that people would pay money for? So, man, that it was always just a hobby. Or oh, you're still figuring it out. I was still figuring it out. Yeah, pretty much. So basically, I actually kicked the wife's car to the curb, and I built uh, a three-burner system and it ran off my computer. I used the BCS uh, 460 system. So then I had... Wow. Yeah, so it was running my pumps, doing temperature control, firing burners. We had electronic igniters on the burner. So we really... I went high tech. My oh, wife yeah. was like, what are you doing? My car's on the curb. You know, the garage is taking over. The neighbors think that you're doing drugs, you know, cooking drugs. Cooking meth. Area, I mean, yeah, you know, you know there's yeah. some meth around here, yeah. And then at this point, I was doing 10-gallon batches. And I was making way more beer than I could possibly... Here, we're going to turn this part right. off real quick. And so, like I said, guys, we're in an active brewery here, man. So we're yeah. we're grinding. We're this doing is a the pool right now. So now we're going to start our rest. But yeah, so basically, I was doing ten gallons at a time. I started brewing like once or twice a week, and I was making way more beer than I could possibly consume myself. Um, and I just wanted to perfect recipes. I was just having fun, you know. I had a job that I didn't really care for, and so what, my, what kind of work were you doing? I was doing sales. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I don't do sales. <laughs> um, but so I just really started doing that, and I do free beer Fridays at my house. All the boys would come over. Oh, nice. I give them the beer away, but they had to critique my beer. I was like, all right, you can't just say, yeah, this is good. You got to be like, man, oh, what if you change this? What if you do that? I don't like this. Blah blah. So I started getting feedback like that, and then what really sparked the whole professional thing, I suppose you'd say, or paying taxes on beer, right? There you go. <laughs> and doing paperwork was um, we did the happy hour for two of my close friends' weddings. So here we were, my wife and I were serving it. We, beer, we brewed beers just for them. Nice. And we're serving it to an audience of a hundred something people that have no and clue who don't we know are. You. Yeah, they don't know you. Yeah. So it's a good, you know, you get really good feedback. People are like, "Wow, and what brewery is this from?" We're like, actually, this is our gift to the bride and groom. Wow. Uh, we brew this in our garage. So it's not just beer that you have having with them. Because I mean, let's be real. The most popular guy at the party is the guy who brings the beer. Oh, heck Whether yeah. it's good beer or not, yeah. it's beer. But this is yeah. a little different, right? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, we had your Bud Light drinkers, the people that actually were in craft beer. And we had something for everyone, and they really enjoyed it. And we got really good feedback. And that's when we were kind of like, whoa. First of all, people didn't believe that we could make good beer in our garage. Wow. And then, so we educated them on that. And then a lot of people were like, man, I wish I could buy this. I wish I could get it. And, you know, with our traveling that we had done, we were like, man, you're some needs in my garage. This is a cool town. People come here for surfing, fishing, sightseeing, you know, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff to see mm-hmm. the shuttle go off down at the Cape back in the day when the shuttle went off. But uh, we're like, New Smyrna needs a brewery for people to come have a beer, socialize, talk about the activities that they did that day. Mm-hmm. So after doing two weddings, same thing, you know, same results. People love the beer. Um, I mean, we were out of beer real quick. We, we nice. brought around like 30 gallons. That was gone in like 30 minutes. Wow. So we had some backup stuff. But um, that kind of sparked the whole thing. I had a sales job that I didn't like. And I was like, hey, uh, what do you think, told my wife, what do you think if I quit my job and we take our life savings and start a nano brewery? Bless your heart. And she was like, what? You're going to quit your job? And uh, so we ran some numbers, did a lot of research, and it was uh, back in 2012 we started uh, looking for a location, you know, looking into licensing, everything that we had to do to get our uh, everything legal and up and going. Wow. And then, uh, so between, it took us a while. 
But that was when it sparked after those two weddings. I would imagine that would be a little tough. So then that was 2012. You get in. Yeah. How do you find this building we're in now? So this is actually our second location. Oh. Our first location was right around the corner. Okay. Uh, literally like 70 feet around the corner. So it was a 900 square foot location. That was our tap room and brewery. Oh, that's small. All, yeah, it was tiny. All of the equipment was right behind uh, the bar. We had a big L-shaped bar, and you can only put 25 people in there. Wow. My brewing space was super confined. We didn't have sloped floors, none of that. So I was, you know, I was very careful with beer, man. I wasn't spilling. Uh, you know, every drop was extremely precious. Well, yeah, I would imagine so. Yeah. That size system, yeah. everything. Because yeah. okay, what were you brewing on in that first place? All right, so we actually I converted that uh, pretty high-tech BCS. Uh, system that I made that controlled burners and all that made it a little bit fancier and we put in bigger burners and we put uh, one and a half barrel kettles on it mm. so we were double batching into three barrel fermenters that was a lot of work and it was now, direct fire now you're a sales guy yeah. where, where'd you go to school I didn't go to school okay. I, I took some classes at our community college and I took everything from first aid to accounting to small business you know all but, kinds of classes but how'd but, you get into the welding because that's like I real. actually I went to school for welding at the community college ah okay so that's yeah that's where I learned to do all that and uh, so I had a small MIG welder and my brother was actually he was really good with the TIG machine and he helped me with a lot of the, the stainless welding I was like, that, that's a lot I mean that yeah. saves a lot of money it's either oh, yeah. either you're paying that money out up front yeah. or you're doing it yourself yeah. so we bought the kettles obviously but we built our brew frame, frame and did all that wow. and we actually used that long draw draft that exact long draw draft killer to run glycol through our we started with just two three barrel fermenters wow. and bright and that lasted three weeks and we ordered another fermenter and another fermenter but uh, we ran the one and a half barrel system for probably about a year and a half Mm. And it was killing myself, man. I was going in there at 3.30 in the morning because I had to be done brewing by the time the bar opens. Wow. Direct fire, it'd get up to 110 degrees. Oh, you can't have people in. Yeah. Yeah, then you got, it's already hot outside. And yeah. yeah. Woo. So, but, so we ran that for about a year and a half, and then we upgraded. We got uh, two Psycho Brew um, kettles, three barrel kettles, three and a half barrel kettles. So we wow. were now a single batching, which was awesome. Such a time saver. Uh, it was incredible. So we ran that uh, up until we got this system. We've been in this location now. Uh, since June 22nd, but it took us over a year to do the build out. Wow. So we got hit by two hurricanes. So, you know, the old brewery, we, were, we got hit by Hurricane Matthew. Yeah. Luckily, no damage. And then we started this project a year later. And uh, so we were starting to get the momentum going. Then we got hit by uh, Irma. Or, oh, no, I'm sorry. Wow. We got hit by another hurricane. I forget. It's been a blur. But we got hit by Hurricane, and then uh, we lost a lot of the contractors that were doing the work because they were chasing insurance money, wow. other projects, helping people of get course. their homes back up and going. So it took a long time for us to get over here. But um, now we're on this system, uh, which we're pretty proud of. It's uh, Portland Kettle Works. Uh, it's their five-barrel hot master. And over there, we had all China equipment. You know, it's just my wife and I, so we were stretching every penny we could. And our goal for our, this location is we wanted to be 100% American-made. And we've actually accomplished that. Wow, I'm looking at this, the Portland Kettle Works, man. Yeah. So how'd you get in touch with those guys? So I've been doing a lot of research, and I've been following them over the years. You know, it's kind of like when you're a home brewer, you're always like, man, what kind of tech gear can I get? Mm-hmm. You know, like, in your dream, and you're on the internet cruising around, and, you know, you see some of the equipment, and, and uh, just what they had to offer, and the, the, through their website, and just contacting them, they treated me really well. Like, I was like this little guy, you know, no one in Florida. I was like, hey, you know, how much for a system, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, they really spent the time with me, whereas a lot of other manufacturers didn't. They kind of blew me off. Right. And, um, yeah, and if you're not really coming helped. with $200,000 or whatever. Exactly. Yeah, so they time. really worked with me and treated me as if, you know, I was legit. And uh, wow. So that, that really helped. And, I mean, it's fantastic equipment. 
and flew out to the factory, saw everything being made. Actually got a brew on this exact system, or same system, in their little laboratory. Oh, it's nice. Their brewery. So okay. I got to go out there and use it and, like, hands-on, like, give it a test drive. So wow. that really helps sell me out. That had to feel good. And I'll yeah. tell you another place where you can feel legit. Here on Be It Is, on the CSPN Network, my name is Tobias Wilborn. We're here at New Smyrna Brewing with my man, Chris Coyle. We're going to come right back on the front side. We're going to tell you a little bit more about Wink, tell you what those guys do, how to get down with them. But when we come back, we're going to talk to Chris about what's next, the Florida Guild, how things are going here in this wonderful state of the Sunshine State. We'll be right back. Here it is. Wink Wine Club is a world of wine delivered right to your door. From Rosés to Cabernets to Torontes, Wink has over 100 styles of wine to discover. Ever try an orange wine? Wink connects you to a world of exclusive wines tailored to your taste and delivered directly to your door. Wink delivers four bottles of wine to you each month with free shipping. You can pick your own bottles or let Wink choose and match to your taste. It doesn't cost a thing to become a member and you can skip or cancel at any time. And now, for the listeners of the Bearded Podcast, you can enjoy an exclusive discount of $20 off your first order. To place your first order with $20 off, and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us forward slash wink. That's cspn.us forward slash w-i-n-c. Wink wines through CSPN. Do it today. Alright boys and girls, once again my name is Tobias Wilborn, the name of the marquee is Beer It Is, and we are back here in New Smyrna Beach at New Smyrna Beach Brewing Company with my man Chris Coyle, sitting here chilling, matching and relaxing, drinking some beer, talking about it, so real quick man, we just had the Eureka Effect. Tell me about that beer, man. It's, it's really good, by the way, guys. All right, so that was a collaboration beer that I did with Alan from Daytona Beach Brewing Company uh, last January, and we did that for the Volusia Beer Week. That's nice. uh, So there's a, a craft beer festival in the land, and they do a whole week of beer. So that's something we did as a collaboration, and then we tapped it at each one of our um, tasting rooms, and then we brought a keg over to the beer event, and it was a huge hit. Um, when we first brewed it, it kind of has that New England style haze to it, mm-hmm. and after it sits in the cakes for a while, it clears up a bit. But we use a special yeast from um, Imperial Yeast out in Oregon. Nice. So we use their, um, I don't know if I should say it, but it's a pretty darn good yeast. They're good yeast, nothing wrong with yeah. that. And uh, we use Eureka Hops, Cascade, Centennial, and I believe there's a little bit of Chinook in there. Um, so it's so interesting, you use the West Coast Hops and the East Coast Haze. Yeah. Well, that's, we can do whatever we want. We can mix it up and, you know, and it's kind of like we're our own chef. We can do whatever we want, mix it up. It's sure it's not true to style, but, uh, but it's, hey, it's it works a good for drinking me. beer. Yeah, hey, I like it. It works <laughs> yeah. for me. Um, so then from there, man, I see the guild member sign in. So the Florida Guild is very fascinating to me. Um, tell me, like, what your experience has been kind of getting with the guild and getting involved. Yeah, so they're... They are a huge help, and they're doing a lot. They're lobbying. They're doing a lot to change laws. So, you know, up until I think it was uh, two years ago, we could do a 32-ounce growler for mm-hmm. one gallon. We couldn't do 64. Mm. But you could carry two 
32, so why not have a 64, you know? So right. they actually pushed and lobbied, and they got that passed. So I believe it was That was a big deal, yeah. Yeah, so now we can do, you know, 64-ounce growlers. Um, they're doing a lot to try and get self-distribution going. They're doing a lot, you know. To, they actually work with uh, distributors um, also to try and, you know, cater to their needs and stuff. But they're a huge resource. They're, you know, you can call them anytime. Um, they do really good beer events, too. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually did one just actually, I think, two or three weekends ago up in Jacksonville, the Barrel Aged and Sour Festival. Yeah, I saw, yeah. Um, so that was a big one. They put on that kind of stuff. But more than anything, they're really helping to change the laws for the better for the microbreweries here in Florida. And speaking of being a microbrewery, I mean, you guys are small, but I mean, tell me about how much beer you guys produce and how that kind of helps you guys do what you do. Yeah, so this new location, uh, next year we should do right around 1,200 barrels. Um, our old location, when we had the three-barrel system, we were just doing about 380 barrels barrels a year, so not much beer at wow. all. Um, so yeah, we're, our goal is 1,200 next year, and maybe we'll add a fermenter or two more and, and get that up there a little bit, but you know, our focus is our tap room. We only distribute two brands right now, and it's very limited, so we really focus most of our product through our own tap room. Okay, so what, and what are the two you guys put so out? So we do our Shark Attack IPA and our Feeding Frenzy Irish Red, so those are nice. the two we distribute. Yeah. All right, so those are the ones that get out there in the streets a little bit, yep. but you got to be pretty much down here. In New Smyrna to catch yeah. it. Like, there's about 180 restaurants around here. Yeah. So some of them will have it. Some of the yeah. ones that serve better beer. Yeah. Only about 14 of the restaurants actually have it. So it's exclusive. Yeah. And speaking of that, while we're here, tell people where your tasting room is, how to find it. Yeah. So we're in the historic downtown area of New Smyrna Beach. We're on Canal Street, at the east end of Canal Street. Tons of really good restaurants here. So this is where, back in the day, this was the main road that people took to get over to Beachside. So mm-hmm. it's kind of a different town. We have two competing downtown areas. You know, you got Beachside Flag. Avenue, uh, they got you know tons of bars and restaurants there. We're we're on the mainland side. All right, so all right. Just east of ninety five. And then where you get where people find you on Twitter and Instagram yeah. and all that yep. good stuff. NS, or uh, NSB Brewing is our nice. handle for those. So check these guys out. They're brewing really good beer. They're doing some really cool stuff. All right. So then now that we're talking just about what's going on with you guys and what's coming, what's coming next for the. I guess we're into late winter. Yeah. Is there really a winter in um, New Smyrna? It, it got a little cool last night. We had a fire, but then it was back up to what, 77 or 78 today? And I right. think we're going to hit 80s again in a couple of days. All right, so. what are we gonna do? But, you know, it's it's pretty comfortable. We always have the AC running. So, beer wise, you guys did a winter warmer. Yep. Tell me about that winter warmer. All right, so that winter warmer is uh, it's just basically a higher ABV amber. I think we clocked in at 6.3 on that. Or, 7.1, Uh We brewed it with local honey and ginger, lots of ginger and cinnamon. So we use our house strain of yeast on it. So what makes you do a winter warmer? Because I don't see many southern breweries doing yeah. the winter warmer, or I, I call them when I lived in Ohio, Christmas sales. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, I really enjoy that beer, so that's one of the reasons why I brewed it. And I love ginger. I think it's like really, it's one. Mm. It's our second beer that we've done ginger root in. Um and you know it's kind of you always have to find something new and different, and not everyone wants IPAs, and a lot of people like to get festive, you know, the season. Yeah, I mean, it feels like Christmas, like the ambrosia yeah. kind of feel to it. Yeah. So then from there, you guys got a couple things coming. You mentioned yeah. a stout, maybe. Yeah, we got an imperial stout that's fermenting right now. That'll be done in a week. We're going to release that for our four-year anniversary party. That'll be. Uh, Saturday after January 11th. Nice. We'll be releasing the Imperial Stout. We actually just bottled our and kegged our um, barley wine. Ooh. So that's our anniversary beer that we brew every single year. And this year we bottled 108 bombers 
and that's exclusive for our Mug Club members that started. Our founding members from our old location. Shout out to the Mug Club. Yeah, so they've been supporting us since day one. Uh, and so they, you know, everyone that renewed this past year, our gift to them was a bomber, our first ever bottling release. Nice. So wh- wh- where'd you guys bottle that? Oh, right here. Oh, hey, oh yeah. you had a bottle. Yeah, I took my old counter pressure bottle filler from my homebrew days, hooked oh, it up no. to the bright tank, and uh, by myself I filled a hundred, and I did a total of 133 bombers in 106 minutes. So I was wow. pretty happy with that. Jeez, you were grinding, dude. I was going as fast as on a brew day too, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> So what are brew days like here, man? Walk us through that. A lot of fun. Uh, pretty much just get here in the morning. Today I double batch, so it was a little bit longer of a day. But I get here in the morning. My hot, you know, this steam system is pretty awesome, so it's going all night. My hot liquor's up to temp. Uh, come in, get my grains weighed out, mash in, relax, go through the feed, do some emails, smell that, you know, that sweet Ooh, smell of yeah. that mash going on, and then uh, gets a little hectic once that first mash is done because we're transferring the boil kettle. Getting that going, cleaning our mash time, getting ready for our second What mash. time did you get in? Uh, today I was running a little late. Uh, I get here usually about 8 or 8.30. Okay. So pretty relaxed. Sometimes the kid's not sleeping through the night. I'm here at 6. Oh, wow. How old are babies, man? Yeah, 10 months, dude. This kid doesn't oh, want to sleep. So oh. sometimes I get here really early. But uh, for the most part, I get here at 8.30. And um, today I should be out of here by about 7.30. So we did a double batch of our Shark Attack IPA. Nice. Um, so it's actually, it only takes another four or so hours to do that second batch. It's really efficient. You know, once the stainless is hot, you got that you know first boil going, second mash going. By the time we've knocked out our, our first boil, that second mash is running over. So how long do you brew on a day? And like, how many days do you brew? Uh, so basically, our brew schedule is based off what fermenters are available. You know, some beers obviously take longer than others. We, right. just, uh, we just transferred our Bohemian Pilsner to Ooh, our Bright okay. Tank. So you know, I wasn't brewing as often because that. That took up a fermenter for eight weeks. Um, so, but pretty much any time a fermenter is empty, I'm brewing the next day. Uh, with the holidays, just everything, the way things are going, I actually have four empty, three empty fermenters now. Oh. So, I'll be brewing six times this week. Grinding. Yeah. All right. So, uh, you know, between the double batches and all that. So, quite a bit, and then next week I won't brew at all. Nice. So, you get a week off, you do anything special yeah. with that time? or? Uh, pretty much cleaning kegs, getting ready to keg, all that stuff. Nice, <laughs> you know, nice. Next couple weeks. So, you have seven employees. So, it was you as a brewer, and then you've got people pretty much running the tasting room, right? Yeah. Yeah, I got... Uh, you know, I got a manager that runs the tasting room. Uh, one of my employees, Caroline, she's been with us for a year now. She runs our social media, does all of our events and that kind of stuff. And she's actually recently started working back here with me. She's oh. been cleaning kegs, uh, cleaning fermenters, helping me with all that kind of stuff. She would be here normally, but she came down with a really bad cold. Nice. But she's in here, you know, pulling the grain out. So she's oh, she's really, working. Oh yeah, she's really interested in the whole manufacturing side, the brewing side. So. She splits her time between bartending, doing all that kind of stuff, and back here. I don't see a lot of robots, so it's... No, man, it's manual. You're in there, man. I mean, a lot of just grinding, man. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. uh, I call it brew fit. You know, I don't got to have a gym membership. (laughs) When you're you're kegging, you have 66 holes, picking those things up, stacking them, picking up bags of grain, moving... I mean, these hoses aren't light. Just moving everything around. It's very physical. It's awesome. It's It's a lot of fun. So you love doing it, man. Yeah. Love so where, what's next for um, New Smyrna Brewing Company, man? And pretty much just keep grinding, start brewing a lot of, you know, I've really, I've got caught up on our core beers that I have to have on tap for our, you know, our regulars, people that love that, you know, that one beer, um, and really working on some new recipes, 
Uh, I want to get into some barrel aging. We're going to do our first sour in January. So nice. I'm pretty excited about that. And uh, I'd love to add two or three more five barrel fermenters so we do a lot more fun, smaller stuff. Just uh, the, the grind don't stop, man. Yeah. yeah. So we're pretty much just keeping the focus on the tap room. Well, I'll tell you what, another place to grind don't stop us. Here on Beer It Is, on the CSB Network. Once again, my name is Tobias Wolfborn. We are here at New Smyrna Beach Brewing Company. I mean, the beach is not too far away. But before I go take a swim, I'm going to come back and do our six-pack challenge. It is a fun segment, probably my favorite segment, and we'll come right back. Hey everyone, this is your man Jeremy from the Crown and Collars Podcast. Just reminding you that you are listening to a CSPN media presentation. And to check out Crown and Collars every Wednesday so we can tell you what your aunt does when you're not around. For you, the listeners of the Beardis Podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a 30-day free trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. With your membership, you can choose from such awesome titles as... The Autobiography of Gucci Mane by Gucci Mane. Slobberknocker, My Life in Pro Wrestling by Jim Ross. The Missed Adventures of Awkward Black Girl by Issa Rae. And What Happened by Hillary Rodham Clinton. To download your free audiobook, go to audibletrial.com forward slash beer it is. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash beer it is for your free audiobook. Alright boys and girls, once again my name is Nubias Wilborn, the name on the marquee is Beer It Is on the CSNP, CSPN Network, and we are here at New Smyrna Beach Brewing Company with my man Chris Coyle, as he is back in the lab, literally brewing, grinding, you know what I'm saying, he, he's got the mixers going, he's doing his thing, man, I mean, straight up making beer. But now, we're going to get into the six-pack. We're going to do... So basically, Chris, what this is, is we ask six questions about life, brewing, and just really have some fun with it. Cool. All right. So question one. If you could have a beer with any four people that are alive, who would they be? Man. You and four other people. Me and four other people. Let's see. Dead or alive. Hmm. Yeah. I'd probably have to say I'd want to have a beer with both of my grandparents who have passed on. Okay. My grandfather. So I would love to have a beer with them. Mm. Uh, that'd be cool because I wasn't of drinking age, you know, when they were around. And, right. Uh, I think it'd be pretty cool. You know, they lived in a different era. So I think having a beer with them uh, would be really cool sharing something that I made, especially with them. That'd be awesome. So we, that's two of them. The grandfather's there. Uh, man, I don't know. Shoot. That's tough. Probably have to do like Kelly Slater. 
I don't even know if the guy drinks beer. Okay. You know, phenomenal world champion professional surfer. Wow. I think it'd be sick to you know sit down with that guy, yeah. have a couple beers, talk Pick about his surfing. brain, see yeah. what Because I'm sure he's been a lot of cool places. Oh, yeah. yeah. Travel yeah. the world. And then uh, Jimi Hendrix. Why not? Wow. Yeah. He probably drinks some beer. Yeah. So. Jimi Hendrix. You're talking guitar. Yeah. You're talking beer. You had your grandpa's there. So this is boys' night. Yeah. Kicking it. I like it. Question two. What beers would you drink? Ooh. I would drink uh, definitely the barley wine. Nice. Probably finish with the barley wine. Have to have a couple beers. I'd probably do our, uh, the, I'd start out with the Eureka. I like that. Get a nice hoppy beer going. Mm-hmm. And then I'd probably have to slow down with a nice amber. And then uh, I'd, I'd finish with uh, either the barley wine or imperial stout. Nice. Give for that one. Give them, give them some love. Yeah. Let them kind of experience yeah. everything you do and what you do. Kind of complex beers too. Not, you know, I like it. Those are ones like beer is a social lubricant, right? Yep. So you're sitting down. You're you take a whiff of it. You hold a little bit on your tongue. You yep. enjoy it. You take it in, and you talk about what's going on. During the day, I can imagine it's your grandfather's, right? Yeah. Talking about their life and Hendrix and then Slater. Yeah. That's a hell of a mix. Yeah. Question three. Who is the coolest person you have met in brewing? Coolest person I've met in brewing. Man. Let's see. I haven't met I haven't met too many brewers, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, I've read, you know, Jim Cook's book, and... Uh, He's a really cool those. guy, I yeah. Mean, I, all right, so I'd say Jim Cook is at their inaugural, inaugural Florida uh, Guild Fest thing this, this past summer. Jim Cook came down to speak, and he was an absolute blast. Wow. So, I would have to so you, got, you, got to, you got to get some time yeah, with him? Yeah, I got to him, yeah. Okay, was there anybody else in Florida you got to spend time with, or that you liked, or breweries uh, you liked, or... Man, honestly, we were going from seminar to seminar to seminar. Oh, I know it goes quick. I didn't really get a chance to catch up with any of them, but I would say he's probably the coolest one. I mean, I I know quite a few guys that own breweries around here, and, you know, we're all so busy we never really get a chance to talk. Right. I would have to say Jim Cook is probably the coolest. He paved the way for a lot of us, and uh, and, and he he was a trip. His his presentation that he gave us was a blast. Nice. I like it. All right, question four. What is your favorite beer that isn't your beer? Uh, the Norwal from Sierra Nevada. Nice. I went up there to Asheville uh, last February and I had that Norwal stout. I was blown away. It was really good and I enjoyed it. And it was snowing, so I think it added you know, a little nice. more to it. And it was nice. Kind of up with that really strong beer, so I'd have to say that one. All right. Favorite meal and one person to have it with? Mexican food. Big old chicken burrito and my wife. Nice. Nice. Shout out to the wife. All right. And then question six. What is New Smyrna Beach Brewing? New Smyrna Beach Brewing is a microbrewery that brews beers for the beach lifestyle. So that's what we are. I like it. Beach town, and uh, a lot of our beers are, you know, named after parts of our town, things in our town. So that's what we are. Nice. All right, and then six pack is done. Just real quick, real good. Remind us where people can find you on social media and where people can find the taste room. Yeah. So on uh, Instagram, our handle is NSB Brewing. And then our Facebook's New Smyrna Beach Brewing Company. 
and Twitter's NSB Brewing as well. So we do a lot of uh, posts on there, and then of course our website, newsmyrnabrewing.com, and we're located at 143 Canal Street in the historic downtown mainland side of New Smyrna Beach. Awesome, guys, listen. This is a real cool place. It's a nice, small, literally nano brewery in the old school sense of what a nano brewery is. You come in here. I came in here and just they're like, "Oh, hey, our owner's gonna be around. Let's come hang out." So I hung out, waited on the guy, came back, wanted to interview him because fascinating story, fascinating brewery. Chris, thank you so much for your time. No problem. Thank you. All right, guys, this has been Beard Is once again at New Smyrna Brewing, and I am out.